When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to Band Biographies. I'm Tom Austin Morgan, your host, and I'm here to talk about what's been going on since the Stiff Little Fingers documentary episode was released at the beginning of the month, and what you can expect from next month's episode. I've had a lot of great feedback about the Stiff Little Fingers documentary, which has been really nice, bearing in mind that it's been quite a while since the last documentary I put out. I'm trying to get back on top of scripting at the moment and have the next one and a half scripts done and ready to record, which is exciting. Lots of you shared the Stiff Little Fingers episode too, which I really appreciate. The more people see it, the more potential listeners there are, and the bigger this community grows. However, there have been no new reviews in a while, which is a shame. I'd really appreciate you taking the time to go onto Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and a written review. These reviews help make the show more searchable on Apple Podcasts, which is where the majority of people listen to the show right now, so it would really help me. If you can't think of what to say about the podcast itself, why not leave a review of your favourite band, your favourite album, your favourite gig, or your favourite festival experience? I love reading them, and as I say, it really does help. Now, I spend a lot of time listening to podcasts, and when I'm listening to music, it's to learn songs for my various bands, or the artists that I'm writing about for this podcast, which is all well and good and I love it, but I feel like I'm missing out on a lot of new music because of it. I was shocked at how many bands that I used to listen to all the time released albums, EPs and singles last year that I'd not even heard of. So what I'm going to try and do is introduce a news element to these Between the Main Episode episodes. I'm hoping it keeps me abreast of what's going on with the bands that I love, and might even open me up to discovering new music as well as bands I've never given a lot of time to in the past. If it's a particularly quiet month, I'll have a look at some news stories as well, because I used to like knowing what my bands are up to. Maybe it will work, maybe it won't. We'll see. Here's an idea. If you think I need to be listening to any of your favourite bands, let me know and I'll give them a listen. I really do want to hear from you guys on this because talking about music with people is something I used to love and have begun to miss recently. Also, if you're in a band and you want me to hear your music and perhaps showcase it on one of these episodes, by all means send me some tracks. Just looking back over the last year, certain things stood out. I mean, the rise of new metal again, for example. I was really surprised I'd not heard about Slipknot's latest single that came out in November, The Chapel Town Rag. It's thematically about the Moors murderer Peter Sutcliffe, oddly. It always surprises me how popular Slipknot is, but I guess it's because they're actually just a really good band. I mean, this song got to number 33 in the UK charts, and number 13 in the rock and metal charts here. It's a proper old-school Slipknot song as well, with the junglist turntables going on in the back of the punishingly heavy riffs and percussion. They're a band that's really grown on me over time from volume 3 onwards. 
Speaking of new metal, of course, Limp Bizkit came back with the album Still Sucks at the end of October. It starts out really well with the opening couple of songs landing before the self-awareness starts getting quite grating and their ideas seem to run out. They could have released a brilliant EP of about four songs from this album, but the full product is just a bit cringy. And then down towards the more boring end of the new metal resurgence is the single Ready to Die that Edema released in August. Oof. Some bands that I've featured and intend to feature soon on this podcast also released some new music in 2021. Billy Idol released a four-track EP called The Roadside in September, which I really should have mentioned before now, because I was aware of it. It's really good, well worth a listen at only 16 minutes long. The song Bitter Taste is the standout here. It's about his motorcycle crash in 1990 where he nearly lost his leg. The Boomtown Rats released Citizens of Boomtown in 2020, and in October 2021 they released an EP of songs that didn't quite make the cut called Out the Back of Boomtown, which features some really interesting compositions that veer from new wave synths to Rolling Stones-esque rock and roll swagger. Another one that's well worth a listen, they're such a great band that's criminally overlooked in my opinion. Some other bands that released albums this year that fit with the remit of this podcast are The Offspring, whose Let the Bad Times Roll was a Trump-hating, party-rocking album that just felt like it was released too late. The Descendants, another US punk band, released Ninth and Walnut in July. This is actually an album of re-recorded versions of songs that were written by the band between 1977 and 1980, as well as a blistering cover of the Dave Clark Five's Glad All Over. Check that out. Green Day have released four singles this year and are rumoured to be in the studio with a few pictures being posted on social media that seem to all feature the number 1972. Will this be another single or are they working on an album? Who knows? I fell off the Green Day train a long time ago, but I've enjoyed getting to hear their new stuff. Pollyanna and Holy Toledo are well worth a listen, I think. Another pop-punk act that has become a single-making machine in 2021 was Bowling for Soup. The standout for them is the very witty, getting old sucks but everybody's doing it. Hardcore punk turned goth punk turned new wave punk band AFI released an album called Bodies in June. Which is alright, certainly not one of their best though. I like almost all of the iterations of AFI, but the new wave stuff has always sat slightly towards the bottom of the pile for me, and this album is at the bottom of that pile. Gypsy Punk's Gogol Bordello have released a couple of singles in the last half of 2021, hopefully that means there'll be a new album out soon because I love those guys. The singles include the heavy dub of Lifers and the more representative Roaring 2020s. As I say, I love this band, they're crazy, and live they're an absolute scream. Roaring 2020s is brilliant, go and listen to it. Time for some ska punk. The Mighty Mighty Boss Tones released their 11th album in May and it's great if you love ska, like I do. It even includes an 8 minute song right at the end featuring a who's who of the ska punk scene, including one Jake Burns. The Last Gang are the remedy to anyone waiting for the Interrupters to release some new material. 
Noise 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 was released in October and features some brilliant songs including the title track Shameless, Gimme Action and so many more absolute bangers. They've quickly become one of my favourite bands recently. In a slightly different direction, hard-rocking female duo Deep Valley released their fourth album, Marriage, in November. November was a month and a half, it seems. The EPs that had been released before the album came out showcased a different sound, a slightly less rocky sound, but I'm glad to report that Lindsay and Julie haven't completely left behind the sleazy, distorted riffs. Perfection is such a brilliant opening track, and elsewhere there are collaborations with artists including Jenny V, Jenny Lee Lindbergh from Warpaint, Peaches and Katie Tunstall. A real mixed bag for sure, but in a good way. Bringing it back to the UK, Church's latest album, Screen Violence, which was released in August, sees the Scottish band carry on with their uplifting but personal brand of synth-pop. There's a great song on the album called How Not To Drown, which features Robert Smith from The Cure, which could be easily my top vocal performance from Smith in years. The album's brilliant, but this song is in my top 10 songs of the year for sure. Sleaford Mods released Spare Ribs over a year ago now, so that's not exactly new, but more recently they released a cover of Yezu's Don't Go, which is just as bizarre as it sounds. The standout new British punk albums of the year for me have been Idol's Crawler, which came out in November and is full of abrasive noise and gutturally delivered lyrics, but it seems more dark and introspective than their earlier work. Standout tracks for me are Crawl and The Wheel. Idols are such an exciting band. Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes released what I think was the best album of 2021 though, with Sticky, which they released in October. It also features Idol's Joe Talbot on the track My Town, and there are a few other collaborations on the album too, from singers Lynx, Cassiette, and Primal Scream's Bobby Gillespie. Back to front, this album absolutely delivers. Gallows was never the same after Frank Carter left, but the music he's made since, either in Pure Love and Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes, has been flawless. Veering slightly indie now, Maximo Park was a band I used to love. Their first two albums were brilliant. I only found out today that they released an album called Nature Always Wins in February last year. I've not really listened to it much yet, but it doesn't strike me as great. I'll give it a few more listens though and see if it grows on me, because I used to love that band so much. Another band that defined my years at university is New York's We Are Scientists. I love this band, their songs are brilliant and they're bloody funny. They released their 8th album Huffy in October and I've fallen in love with them all over again. In the present, Billy Talent has released a new album this week, on the 21st of January, and it carries on their streak of releasing albums without a single dud song on them. I can never pick my favourite album by them, let alone song, and Crisis of Faith has carried on this trend. Looking to the future now, I got mildly obsessed with Isle of Wight indie band Wet Leg this year with the four songs they've released so far, Shays Long, Wet Dream, Too Late Now and Oh No, really captivating me. I can't wait to hear what the rest of the album has in store when it's finally released in April. I think they're a really interesting band and definitely one to watch. Before that though, we'll get Avril Lavigne's new album Love Sucks with an X in February. 
I wouldn't say I'm a fan. I was in love with her when she first came out with Skater Boy and Complicated in the early 2000s because I was at the right age. Since then she went totally pop and kind of acoustic for a while but has now shifted back to a really modern pop punk style which I'm not really a huge fan of. But what's really interesting to me is that she doesn't seem to have aged in the last 20 years which is totally unfair. The singles that have released so far aren't really to my taste so I don't expect too much from the album as a whole but I will give it a try just for old time's sake. In March, two more of my favourite bands will be releasing new albums. Placebo's Never Let Me Go sounds like it's more of the same from them, if the songs that have been released so far are anything to go by. But more of the same from Placebo is never a bad thing in my book. And finally, Feeder will release the album Torpedo, also in March. The title song and the track Magpie seem to hint at a long-awaited return to the heavy riffs of Swim and Polythene, but there's always one song on a new feeder album that sounds like this, and they rarely deliver over the course of a whole album. I'd imagine the rest of the album may sound more like Wall of Silence, which won't necessarily be a bad thing. I don't dislike what they do, I just always end up expecting more than I get with feeder. Apparently this is the first of two albums that will be released within a short time from each other, rather than being released as a double album, which was the original idea. So I'll also wait and see what the next album brings as well. Apparently it's got a slightly different feel to it than the more heavy songs on this one. Anyway, that's my potted history of 2021 and what I'm looking forward to in the next couple of months. I'm sure I've left some things out, glaringly obvious things I'm sure. So by all means let me know what you thought of some of these albums and also who I should have heard last year. Oh, and don't get me started on the Foo Fighters releasing a disco album. Let's get back to the schedule, shall we? The next album is an interview with Leo Ulf, who not only hosts a regular radio show on BBC Radio Kent, upon which he's graciously featured my documentary episodes for over 18 months now, but he fronts his own band too. They're called Wake Up Leo, and they're really rather good, so why not check them out before I drop the interview on Tuesday the 1st of February? Leo is a really nice chap, very easy to talk to, and loves his music. It was a great conversation, and one that carried on long after I stopped recording. I hope you all enjoy it. Anyway, it's time for me to go finish the script for March's episode now, and get on with the script for the episode after that as well. So much going on. As ever though, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Please do reach out to me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or by email, as well as leaving those ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. But more than anything else... Take care and stay safe. See you in the pit. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.